Hi guys and welcome back to the second series of the What About podcast. This is the final episode of the first mini-series that we're going to be looking at this year, which is 3D Modern Living. Hopefully you've listened to the first two in the series on depression and discipleship, and today we're going to be chatting about the subject of doubt. I'm really blessed to be joined this episode by Ray Bodkin and Grant DeYoung. Ray is a former elder of this church, and he and his wife Ruth were one of four couples who planted this church and are both still involved in church life. Grant is married to Rachel, and both are also very involved in the church's life as life group leaders. Grant also runs the morning prayer meetings for men at 6.30 here on a Wednesday. Both have walked with Christ for a number of years, and I'm really interested to chat with them about this subject. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Maybe just to start with, I've given a, a small intro, but if you'd like to just introduce yourselves, maybe Ray, you go first and, and just introduce yourself to people who might not know you on the listening on listening in on the podcast. Hi everyone. Yes, my name is is Ray, and yes, we were the uh, original planters of the church here over forty years ago. I actually uh, became a Christian in nineteen fifty, so that was quite a long time ago. But it's been a a real joy over all of these years just uh, to walk with Jesus and to have been introduced to Him, and uh, to have spent these last seventy years in His presence and knowing His provision, knowing His love. There have been amazing times, and I just thank God for all his goodness and all of his faithfulness. Yeah, my name is Grant de Jong. My wife, Rachel, and my sons, Joshua and Samuel, and I, we moved to Helsham in about 2010. So we've been at the church for about the last 11 years. I've been a Christian for 24 years. I was saved at the age of 17 in South Africa. And yeah, I'm very keen to see where this interview goes. Amazing. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about the the subject of doubt. I think um, it's something that often comes up in um, all aspects of life. I think often that we we doubt whether it's decisions we've made or mistakes we've made. I think, you know, as we go through life, there will always be questions that we have and they may not be seen as, as doubts, but definitely questions. And within Christian walk, I think I know in my experience, my life has been times where I've gone, oh God, you know, is this right? Is this what you want for me? Whether it's doubting um, whether I've made the right decision, you know, whether God has got things called for me. I think there are even times when the enemy tries to lie to you about doubts of, you know, God himself and, and his character and what he wants for you. I think in this conversation, which would be good to just have an honest conversation about why why does that happen what does that look like for us as christians to stand strong in god throughout that do you guys have any experiences in those sort of areas and subjects <laughs> bucket loads <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's very important and i can remember very early on in my christian life someone saying the acrostic of fib you know you shouldn't fear doubt you shouldn't ignore doubt and you shouldn't be ashamed of doubt because as you read through the scriptures you find Men of faith, like Abraham, like Gideon, like Sarah, like Mary, like Zachariah, all of them had doubts, but they were still called men and women of faith. And so doubt doesn't actually, isn't the reverse of faith. The reverse of faith is unbelief, whereas the reverse of doubt is assurance. And that's the glorious thing that John writes about in his epistle, how we can be sure that we are saved. And that takes away all doubts when you have that assurance in your hearts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We know that Jesus is the perfect example and we look at him walking on the water and then we look at Peter getting out of the boat and starting off really well and 
than getting intimidated by the environment and losing faith at the very presence of God and starts sinking and cries out and gets rescued. I, mean, I certainly know that over my last uh, two and a half decades as a Christian, I've had many high highs and very low lows and pretty much everything in between with as far as my faith goes. So it's definitely part of the human walk with God. But I've always found the Lord to be so completely faithful and unchanging. It's incredible how over the years I may vacillate, but the Lord is consistent. And that helps me just to keep on that trajectory toward him. And I think that's really, for me, been the main thing, despite the times I doubt, to continue to point myself to Christ. And and through the Holy Spirit's strength, of course, it's, it's not mm. by our own strength, just to make yeah. that point. But yeah, absolutely. It's something that I, I've definitely had lots of struggle with over my life. Hmm. I think that's so important, isn't it? That that nudge that when on the days where everything is good and on the days when things don't feel as good, God remains the same and he is unchanging that that anchor that doesn't shift when when things go and and that's lovely as well I remember always um hearing someone who said to their kids often about God and and then they linked into parenting you know there's nothing that you can do which will make you God love you more there's nothing that you can do make God love you yes less um and and so just understand that and, and remain in that truth and I think what you said Ray is, is really good as well we shouldn't fear doubt i think it's so easy to be scared of what of of that when those things come in and i know many people and myself included who when those things come in it's why am i feeling this you know shouldn't i be better than this but just as we know that there will be struggles in this life we should know that there will be doubts and difficulties as well mm. yeah i mean i doubt every day to be mm. quite honest you know the number of times i go back to check the front door to make sure I've locked it or <laughs> go and check my car is amazing. But because that doubts come in and, you know, we all know where doubt comes from. You know, did God say mm. right at the very beginning there in Genesis? And, you know, then he even says to Jesus, you know, are you, you know, are, are you the, putting that doubt in, in Jesus' mind? So Satan is so cunning mm. in these areas. And sometimes I don't think we give him um, the attention that we need to not that we should concentrate on him but be aware of the temptations he's and testing he's constantly putting in our in our way and you know doubt i think is part part of life and the important thing is you know that we acknowledge it mm. and you know when you look at, uh, at john the baptist he wasn't sure whether jesus was the messiah mm. so he asked you know jesus are you the messiah and Thomas, he doubted. Yeah. So what did he do? He met with Jesus mm. and suddenly discovered he was the Messiah that he'd been looking at and fell down and worshipped him. And I think it's the same with us, you know. If we have doubts, God is the first person we should actually go to. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, though, one of the, the real challenges we can have as Christians is we can look at men and women faith, or at least a they present, they seem to be men and women of great faith in the church or certainly in the Bible. And we can compare where, where we're at to where we perceive them to be. And then we can almost build this house of cards for ourselves in terms of how we think our faith should be. And we try and walk their walk. And when we trip up, everything falls down and we think what went wrong. But the reality is, you know, God works with us where we're at 
and he recognizes that we are human, we are going to fall, we are going to stumble, but the scripture says he'll catch you, you know, he, he lifts us up, he keeps us, you know, going on the path, and not being afraid to recognize, yes, we will fall short, but it is Jesus who makes that difference. Someone once said something which I thought was very interesting, because when it comes to particularly things like prayer for healing, or those big faith moments, and when people want so much to believe that it has happened but they are disappointed because what they hope for hasn't become and they can get into the cycle of tormenting themselves and i certainly have had those struggles with rachel she's struggled for about seven years with chronic severe back pain she was in a wheelchair at one point it was really bad and difficult and uh, we we heard it all the sort of you know claim it believe it it's done don't recognize the illness it's gone sort of pretend it's not there because you're being healed but actually the fact of the matter is it hasn't happened and that's difficult that's something that has to be processed and i heard someone say faith does not deny fact and i thought wow that's interesting what a combination faith doesn't deny fact even if that fact is you haven't had the answer to prayer you were seeking and that I found helpful, you know, very sort of down to earth. <laughs> mm. It's interesting as well, because faith doesn't deny fact in that, but also doubt often does deny fact. Yes. Which is strange because I know the multiple times where, you know, I'll, you know, whether it's fleshly or the enemy and, and they say, no, but will God really do that? Does he really care? I'm like, well... The fact is, yes, because actually I've seen him do it before. I've seen it, him do it in his scriptures. He has promised that. So that is assured. Isn't, isn't that interesting, actually? The, yeah. the one thing that sits with fact is faith. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's doubt that doesn't sit with fact because it twists the truth of, of, of what God has said. And, and how often is it when we let go of our own prescriptions and timelines to the Lord mm. and we say, okay, I believe you're able, I'm willing, I'm believing for this but I'm not going to tell you how, Lord, mm. this is what I want. And then God brings it about. And just like with Rachel, my wife, she was healed. Mm. It was actually amazing. And it didn't happen in the timeline we wanted, mm. but it did happen. So God does, does work in mysterious ways. And I think we do need to remember that. That's also a big part of it. I mean, I think the, other, the interesting thing you pointed out earlier on about is looking at other people. Because that is a problem we all have, isn't it? Mm. And only Paul who can actually say, imitate me, because I imitate mm. Christ. And yeah. that's an enormous challenge to me, because, you know, we all know, don't we, that we're under observation. Every moment we walk through that church mm. door, we're under observation from other people, and therefore we're not the right people to look at. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's God we need to look at. But on the other side... I think people can be a great help to us mm. during our periods of doubt. Mm. I mean, when I've had really serious times of doubt, I've taken it to God, and sometimes God hasn't answered. And so I thought, well, I need, I need some wisdom here. And if you can find people you really trust, people who really love God and are walking with God, and you see them by the fruits of the Spirit in their lives that they're walking with God, just chatting over your doubts with them can be such a remedy and I think God can bring such a blessing through the wisdom of, of our fellow believers and those who really love us 
and our concern about us and are willing to listen to our doubts and talk with us. About I think us. I think that Paul had a caveat there though as well. I think he said, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." <laughs> yes. Not, Not imitate me whatever I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think that's a good caveat, Paul. <laughs> and, and and obviously Paul saw the risen Lord Jesus, Absolutely. which I think is amazing in yeah. terms of and, and but us for whom we haven't seen physically uh, the bodily resurrected jesus i think we we still can say you know imitate me as as i imitate christ that's mm. what we're supposed to do in terms of our as we grow in sanctification hopefully we will show that light of christ and even if people aren't following us they are following what christ is doing in our lives and i think part of that has to be vulnerability and honesty isn't it as just yeah. to say when you walk through that door are you the type of person where someone goes oh well like i can't go near ray you know because <laughs> i've done something bad this week and <laughs> or yeah. is are you you know open and, and you say you know actually yeah i've had a difficult week and and god's been amazing through it and so because of that people can say oh well, i've had a difficult week too and yeah and, well, I certainly hope no one comes with that attitude. Oh, no, no, no. Because no. I, can, I can prove in, <laughs> in many, many ways oh, don't worry. how full of fault I am. But uh, no, I mean, it is great to have fellowship mm. and to be able to be open with, with brothers yeah. and, and, uh, and with sisters that mm. we have confidence in one another. Mm. And we know that people are going to you know, bring us back to the word of God. And it's not just going to be their wisdom, but as folk who are filled with the Holy Spirit, they're going to have God's wisdom coming to us. And for for me, I suppose over the years, being mentored has been such an amazing journey. And, you know, we are called to be mentors as well as being mentored. It's a two-way thing. And uh, through our experience of being mentored, I think that is a great help in being able to mentor and to see other people through their doubts and through their fears and through their anxieties Mm. i think it's really interesting when the amount of times when i've been recording this podcast and i've sat down with people and it comes back to discipleship it comes back to doing life together spending that time together you know being inputted into and inputting into others as a as a family and more specifically whether it's you know one-on-one or on in a smaller group how important and essential that is as you grow together so also when I think of the 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 vein of doubt of doubt in a Christian's life and how that's at complete loggerheads with faith and how we have this dualism inside us and we're constantly in a daily on a daily basis battling that and how does one have strength for the fight and I think of the soul, my soul, as in a metaphoric way. I think of the the, the proverb which talks about how joy gives health to the bones. Mm-hmm. And for me, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, the joy that Jesus gives us is my foundation that I go back to when I find myself full of doubt, when I find myself struggling, when I find myself bereaved, as I have been when I lost my younger brother. I go back to the joy of the Lord, which is what sustains me. And it's a wonderful thing. It's not just that deep inner peace that passes understanding. Jesus also has a promise in what we've been redeemed to in the kingdom of heaven. That joy will be fully mm. satisfied. Yeah. It's not a vain hope. Yeah. And if I could just read mm. yeah. this um, bit from John 15, verse 10. He's, Jesus says, oh, so let's go from verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. 
Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And it's that fullness of joy that I always come back to when I find myself feeling rocky in my faith. And yeah, my, my doubts seem to be silenced when I come into that presence of the Lord with that joy that never seems to leave me. And joy is, is, isn't, you know, what we were saying earlier in terms of, oh, forget that the bad things are happening yeah. as if, act <laughs> as if they're not there and just put a smile on. That's not what joy is. You can't is. ignore them. You can't. No. That's not what joy is. Yeah. You know, joy is deeper. It is mm. a, um, a fruit of the spirit. <laughs> it's, well, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. Of, I think at the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, when you look at a community that is growing together, it is one that is full of joy and in truth of what God has done in their lives and in the lives of all of those around them, there is a contentment that comes from living in joy. And mm. I, I don't think I could describe it because it goes beyond material means in oh, so many ways, doesn't oh, yes. it? Yeah. It's, it's yes. not just, oh, today's a good day. <laughs> it's I'm choosing that I know what God has done and will do for me. Yeah throughout it all which is glorious and that does come as part of worship yes. doesn't it? i mean mm. worship is such an important part of building up that joy and that rejoicing mm. and within us and it's exactly what thomas did mm. you know up from his doubt he mm. met with jesus and he worshiped yeah and i think out of doubt we can either go on that slippery slope which leads down you know to fear and anxiety depression and all the rest of the things or we can move up towards faith mm. And I think that's a choice we have, to, you know, we have to make ourselves. Am I going to allow myself to continue on that slippery slope? Mm. Or am I, in fact, going to build on God's word, on, on the ministry of other people, on my worship? Am mm. I actually going to build t- towards God and find that joy which abides yeah. in him and in him only? Yeah. Mm. The joy unspeakable, full of glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and it is just a very important point you made there in about... You know, joy doesn't mean you're not experiencing sadness. It is there. It is not going to be taken away. But we are human. If you prick us, do we not bleed sort of thing? (laughs) Yes, we do. And you can, that's why you can worship, as uh, I think it was Andrew Murray said, you can worship while you mourn. Mm. And, Mm. yeah, it's it's a sign of joy in us through the Lord. Mm. It's interesting, I was just speaking to someone actually about this two days ago, how important lament is in worship, that actually it's not a separate thing. And I think often in the Western church, we've lost something about the beauty of lament. If you look in the Psalms, you know, there's something about bringing all of your anguish and your hurt to Mm. a God that you trust, that you know loves you. There's just something really beautiful in that of the joy that it is to come before our father with all that we have and just lay it at his feet and know that he can deal with it all there's something so beautiful about that in worship that i think yeah i think we need to really push into yeah yeah 
I mean, Paul says, doesn't he, I know whom I have believed. Mm. You know, and I know he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And, yeah. you know, that's where we stand. We've committed our lives to Christ and we can trust him mm. with those lives. Whatever the doubts and fears and anxieties may be, we have put our trust in the Saviour mm. and he yeah. is our Lord. And we rest in that, in the midst of those doubts, in the midst of those fears, in the midst of those anxieties. I know whom I have believed in. Mm. And I think from there, you get that renewing of the mind. Absolutely. And it's in the renewing of the mind that doubt gets exposed. And doubt always has a root. Mm. There's always something behind it. And it could be pain. It could be addiction. It could be bad attitude. It could be anything of the any number of these things disappointments disappointments Mm, and actually the first step i think for myself definitely to help uproot doubt in my life or areas of doubt is to have an honest conversation with myself and the lord and think okay what's the root of this you know and and to stop denying the doubt almost Mm, recognizing it exists and then being vulnerable with the lord and saying, okay, yeah, Jesus, put your finger on the area of my life by your spirit that I need mm. to pay more attention to. And sometimes, actually probably more often than not, it's a very uncomfortable, mm. yeah, Grant, you've got to let go of that. Or, you know, you're actually you've got a bit of a hard edge to you with people in this area. Mm. You know, this, mm. this is not helpful. And often when you do let the Holy Spirit make your heart more malleable and you do let go of these things and you have that, acceptance that you know you need you need the work of the lord to 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 shape you that the doubt disappears and you start mm. seeing joy mm. assert yeah. itself and faith yeah and i think that when when there's pain and when there's difficulty you can choose to act like a child in with their parent or a wounded animal you know, mm. I remember times when I hurt myself and, you know, my dad would mm. sort of, you know, whether it's, you know, if I hurt my leg and he'd sort of be like, oh, tell me when it hurts. And then when it hurt, that meant we can do something about it. <laughs> or you can be like a wounded animal, which is as soon as the, there's a little bit of pain or something, you retreat, you you attack. And I think part of growing in God is knowing that actually we don't have to be like, there is complete honesty and openness in our father who, who wants us to grow and, and be healed. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he knows us through and through. He knows mm. us better than we know ourselves. Yeah. And so who is there better to give us the diagnosis mm. of the situation? And I thought what Kurt said at the men's prayer breakfast, you know, we have actually personal appointments. Yes. Mm. And that really struck home with me. You know, it's what you're talking mm. about, that personal discussion with the Lord about the situation. You've got a personal mm. appointment. He's Amen. always there. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> He's not fearful in, in any way of us coming to him. He's, his door's open. Yeah. I think, Ray, you even um, pulled me up on it the other day where I said something like, please pray that the Lord will be with me. And you said, well, he's always with you. Mm. <laughs> so the, the modification is pray that I'd be more aware of the Lord's presence. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true, isn't it? Often, you know, yes. The, but he's, yes, he's always, he's always got those things for you. It's just you let me be aware and remember Definitely. But you're and, doubting the Lord's presence, aren't we? Mm. I mean, that's, that's where it all starts. You know, are you there, Lord? Mm. You know, I'm in this middle of this situation. Are you there, Lord? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I am. I promise mm. never to leave you nor to forsake you. Yeah. I'm there. Mm. You know, as you said, Peter in the boat, exactly the same mm. situation. I'm here, mm. Peter. I'm mm. here for you. Just reach out your hand. Mm. Mm. And then you counter that with someone like, you know, Samuel when he was a boy, you know, hears the voice, you know, 
are you there, Lord? And goes to Eli, and Eli, who's the person who's meant to know the voice of God, goes, I'll go back to sleep. No one's talking to you. Though. And it takes three times to, to say, no, God's wanting to speak to you. You know, is there, how often do we forget that, I think? Mm. And do we, are we not ready for God to, to speak to us? And, but also, as you said earlier, you know, there's times where you go to God and you don't hear mm. that answer. Yeah. And I think I just make it clear to anyone who's listening and you're going, oh yeah, it's all, it's all well and good, but I'm not hearing anything at the moment. That doesn't mean that God has stopped caring about you or has, has left you in any way, shape or form. No. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something happening in the season when God doesn't answer in the way that you would like him to. And, and that's something I've written down here in terms of, you know, why I think often with doubt, we can often ask the question, why doesn't God make everything as clear as we would like it to be? Why, <laughs> you know, if I, you know, if you just did that, Lord, I wouldn't doubt. And it's like, but you've really grasped the wrong end. <laughs> yeah. It's not for us to say, you know, God, why don't you do everything my way? Um, it's, it's, it's a bit like what Oswald Chambers says. You weren't made for mountaintop experiences. You know, those those are made to encourage you. But actually, you were made to operate in the valley. <laughs> and that's dark and there's lots of bumps and scrapes along the way. And the doubts were the doubts and the fears and the anxieties. They try and creep up. And you have to try and remember, don't doubt in the darkness what yeah. the Lord revealed in the light. light. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. easier said than done sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, that's so true, isn't it? That, you know, you can be in a room... The lights are on, but then as soon as it's dark, you can completely forget your, where you are, everything mm. around you, even though you know it's all there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, on a more sort of, I suppose, on to summing up some areas that we've spoken on, how can the church look to be honest about doubt? How can the church grow in developing that culture of, of vulnerability, would you say? Mm. And, and by church, I don't mean specifically Christchurch, I think, generally, although obviously some tips will be very practical for where we are as well. Well, that's think, a big question. It is a big question. <laughs> I think the thing, I don't know, what do you think, Ray, but the first thing that comes to mind for me is small discipleship groups, you know, twos and threes. You know, find someone who you trust, someone who you respect, in their, who's earnest about their faith, and develop that relationship deeper and, and be able to confess to each other what's happening in your life, your doubts and sins, as the Bible says, and pray through them together and immerse yourself in God's word. That's the first thing I think of. Yeah, confess your sins to one another is not one of the easiest of passages <laughs> not. to read, even more difficult to fulfill. And I mean, I think it is that safe environment mm. where you can talk about these things and know that people are going to be listening. They haven't switched off because it's a problem. They can so easily switch off, but no... They are attentive. They may not have the answer for you, but at least they're listening. Mm -hmm. And that does help enormously, just to have someone to to listen to to where you're at at a particular moment of time. So I think that there needs to be that openness. Mm -hmm. And that that has to be created. There has to be that confidence built, I think, Mm -hmm. within church life, that we can actually trust one another. That what I say to you is not gossiped outside yes. of this room. Someone doesn't say, well, we need to pray about this because so-and-so has this problem. Mm. Yes. That's not how life works within a church. We're confidential when we're discussing our problems one with another. Mm. And we do it in the presence of the Lord. And people hopefully will turn us to the scriptures. Yes. Because that's the answer to you know where our problems are. That's why... you know. 
John wrote his epistle. I want you guys to know. I want you to be sure of where mm. you actually stand. Mm. Don't have any doubts. And these are the facts, you know. And he lays down about nine or ten different ways where we can be absolutely sure we are born again. And I think that's important. We need to establish people in new birth. We need then to disciple people through that stage and encourage them as they progress in their discipleship to begin to disciple others because it's a transitional thing that happens in church life. It must be transitional because I pass it on to you, you pass it on to the next generation. And so it goes on. But there must be that trust within the community. It's um, relational, isn't it? Relational. And, and I think also on a personal level, one-to-one, when we go to the secret place and we close our door and we just pray to the Father, it's um, having almost that Hagar moment where she says, you are the God who sees me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Weeping alone, there she is, and God sees her. And that's what it's like for each one of us. God sees us. He doesn't reject us. He sees us just as we are all our faith, all our doubts, all our hopes and fears. And he doesn't say away from me. He draws near to us as we draw near to him. And he has this wonderful promise that even if our hearts fail us, he's greater than the heart Mm. and we can trust in him. And I think that relationship with God is so essential, that openness and honesty with him. And that, that really helps us to be open and honest with each other as well. And in that situation, knowing that God wants to deal with your mess Mm. you know it's it's not like i remember there was an advert for land rover a couple of years ago and it's a a kids rugby team they're all completely covered in mud and you've got all these parents who don't want to touch their children (laughs) you know they don't want to they're putting down trying to put down towels in the car so they don't ruin their car that's not how god views us he doesn't view us when we go to him with problems he doesn't go oh stay away from me like he says let's deal with this together and that doesn't mean that god likes our mess in the sense of he he will put up with sin that's not what i'm saying but there's something about when we go to god with our mess that he just sort of in wraps his arms around us and that's that's yeah as you say that secret place that one-on-one is so important in that and and then building up that that discipleship time with with a smaller group of people being honest being able to be open and vulnerable knowing that as you say what you say in that situation stays between you guys as much as is necessary obviously Mm. we realize there are times when we do have to hand things on that's right absolutely dangers or anything but for the most part that's not going to be the case and i think just actually adding on to that point we we didn't mention the other side of people who we spend time with because we can have our faith detracted by mm. unhelpful company yes and and yeah. um, they can be like the foxes in the gardens that dig up holes <laughs> you know <laughs> undermining the good work of faith in your life and uh, if you are mindful of who you spend your time with and what you watch on tv all those sorts of things you know you're you're, as as john piper says you become what you behold so Mm. we have to we have to be mindful and as the psalm says you know mind be mindful of the company you keep because you will become like it so we do want to look to surrounding ourselves with people who are in terms of on a personal friendship level people who love the lord and also making sure that we are a good example to others to encourage each other along Mm. And um, when it comes down to that 
point where the Lord has to deal with sin, as you talked about just a moment ago, Owen. We're not saying that God doesn't want to deal with sin. He's the husbandman who prunes the branches on the vine. And when we are pruned, it hurts. But this is so that we can bear more fruit. And God never does something that doesn't have a purpose that is to his glory. And we can trust that he who created us will be faithful to complete the good works in us and work all these things together for his good. So even our doubts, even in our doubts, if we keep that trajectory toward him, he has something he can really work with to the glory of the kingdom. Mm, Yeah. Don't spend time with people who are going to, at the end of the day, point you to Christ. Mm. You know, that doesn't mean only look for friendships that are, feel nice and yeah, fluffy yeah, yeah, absolutely. doesn't mean don't go for people who won't convict you because that's not good but don't don't spend time with people who are going to con- condemn you yeah. and don't go mm-hmm. spend time with people who are going to not point you to christ mm-hmm. um, because you're just not helping yourself in that situation no. are you you no. have to be a witness to people yeah. and you know open to them yeah, but, yeah don't but always there's spend, a difference yeah, there we don't want to be yeah, homogenous you know it has to be balanced yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely right yeah it's I mean, it comes back once again, doesn't it? You know, your picture was so beautiful of, of the prodigal son returning home and, and the welcome that he received when the, when the prodigal came home. And that is such a, a beautiful picture of our father, how he receives us with all our muck and with all our grime. Mm. And he understands. And he even knows the route we've been through. Mm. Uh, that's the amazing thing. Yeah. He's actually seen what we've been involved in. Everything mm. is within his knowledge. And... Uh, it's just so lovely to have that's that kicker, father heart waiting for us to come home. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, something that's been in my head actually the last couple of days. On Wednesday, I lost my wedding ring. And I was, I came in, I, I've been frantically looking for it. And I really, really, specifically on Wednesday, I felt so guilty. I felt so <laughs> difficult. And I came in and Nigel Coltman said, you know, you're still married, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't change anything. And it was so needed because... I know, obviously, that I'm still married, but there's something, there was a doubt there in terms of, like, I'm not seen to be. And when the prodigal son comes home, he's been the son of the father all that time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. His relationship but the, hasn't but, changed. But the father does give him that a ring. ring. Yeah. And the ring would have been a, probably a signet ring of a sign of the family, of, mm. of, of belonging. Yeah. And there's something so beautiful about that, of going, I know that you're my son and you know I'm your son. I want everyone to know and it dissuades all doubts for anyone and you know that's what the holy spirit is for us it's that assurance is that that seal that on our lives yeah. and i think if you if you're getting doubts if you're hearing you know a voice saying you know oh, but are you really in christ you know mm. look at the work of the holy spirit in your life if the holy spirit is at work in your life then you've been sealed with the promise yeah. there is assurance there you know that doesn't mean that every day is going to be amazing <laughs> but you can say no because the Holy Spirit wouldn't be dwelling inside me if I wasn't sealed with a promise. Yeah. Um, and if you're saying, oh, actually, I don't, I can't see the Holy Spirit working at all. I've never seen the Holy Spirit work in my life. Well, then maybe at that point you need to go, actually, God, I need to come before you in a real <laughs> honest way right now. Oh, yeah. Spirit. Um, yeah. I need your spirit every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and don't underestimate the Lord's power as well for mm, reconciliation, to yeah. reconcile you to him. Because we can say, oh, what a mess I am. Mm. And we can even grieve the lost opportunities of the past and think oh what good am i now i've i've lived missed out lift missed out missed out on 10 years or whatever the case is but god promises i he has his promise i will restore the years the locusts have eaten and god's powerful and i've definitely experienced that miracle 
of reconciliation through the Holy Spirit, um, not just to the Lord, but to my wife when we've had a bad time, a bad patch. And, and God, he so mercifully intervened and the reconciliation, the power of the Holy Spirit to work his wonders in, li- in our lives. Folks, we just should not underestimate what mm. our God is capable of. And he delights to do it. He loves to clean up a mess. So if you're a mess or if you're not, God just you know wants to just be more and more involved in your life and work through things with you. Amen. And when we were talking about mentoring, I mean, you know, God says, I have given you that gift of reconciliation. Mm. So you know, God has given us the permission to talk to one another, to bring reconciliation mm. and to, to bring healing into yes. that situation, the healing that he alone can actually bring into those situations. Mm. And it's so precious mm. when we actually see God doing those healing works in our lives, Amen. when there's been a broken relationship, and yeah. that, that healing can take place. And uh, it's just a beautiful picture of the love of God. Mm. And I can always remember there, coming back to your point about the Holy Spirit, I can always remember there was a, a leader in the, in the churches here that used to bring together all the interns, and he would always say to them, how do you know you're a Christian then? <laughs> and that's fairly, when they're coming from a church leader and you're an intern, that's fairly strong. And I can always remember someone saying, well, there are three W's to remember. The first is that there is the work of Christ in your life. He actually died for you. And the second thing is, is the witness of the Holy Spirit within you. That is just so key in the assurance. And then there's the word of God. There's the word of God, there's the work of Christ, there's the word of God and the witness of the Holy Spirit. And we know we belong to the Father because yeah. we're sealed, oh, but we're also indwelt yeah. by the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit indwells each one of us. And therefore that's why we are able to disciple one another. It's not us. We can't bring those words, but it's the Spirit of God working within us that actually brings that uh, healing and that reconciliation, isn't it? Absolutely. One, one other thought that I was having as well was Doubt seems to be, if you look at the origin of it almost, it's to break relationships, mm. break them Absolutely. up. Absolutely, yeah. The very beginning. Did God say? It was, yeah. yeah, is to sow doubt between Adam and God and Eve and God and Adam and Eve themselves. Yeah. They actually turned Adam and Eve on each other and um, actually turned Adam and Eve on God. And it was the work of Satan to sow discord, you know, and he loves the breakup of family. And the breakup of the family of God, he absolutely delights in. And I always think it's interesting, the fact that the Bible says Eve listened to Satan, listened to the snake, I mean, and she ate of the fruit and then gave some to her husband who was there with her. He didn't jump in and stamp on Satan's head. So the relationship was already being worn down by the fact that he didn't intervene. So if we see brothers and sisters who perhaps are being led down the garden path or struggling with doubt, we shouldn't be afraid to say something encouraging to try and steer them on the right track. There's also that century duty that we've got as as as, as brothers and sisters, almost like we're sheep and sheep dogs as well in a way. Sometimes <laughs> it's that. That thing that unity is worth fighting for. Absolutely. I was going to say exactly the same thing. I think, you know, that division, Mm. when you're talking about what is needed in the church, we've looked at one or two things, but unity is also an essential part of church life Mm. if there's going to be healing and doubts are going to be dealt with. Mm. Very much so, very much so. Amazing. Thank you so much for... I've 
before we end, is there anything else that you guys sort of, that God's put on your heart that you'd like to share before before we, we close there? I think the word trust is, is, is one that, that's sort of, to me, the antithesis mm. of doubt. Trust in God, because trust is relational. And when we doubt, we have that trust in God. We're now not worrying about the situation. Our focus is on the character and goodness of God. And that trust, I think, is a powerful uh, thing as well. I mean, it's, that, that chorus finishes off, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, no mm. other way to have joy, mm. but to trust mm. and obey. Yeah, and if you're listening into the, this podcast and maybe this whole subject of doubt is something that's really been playing on your mind recently, you know, speak to someone, have that relationship, you know. I don't, if you, if you come to Christchurch or you're elsewhere, Go become part of a church family. Dig deep into all that God has called you for and dig deep into him, into his word, into his promises. Often find the, the best uh, way to dispel uh, Yeah, doubt is truth. And so, mm. you know, write down verses that are truth about who you are in mm. Christ. Write down and put them places. You're going to know. I went through a very difficult season. I remember I said this on the depression podcast, but something that I used to do was I wrote down verses of truth of what God said about me and I put them on my bathroom mirror because I knew I'd look at it because it's somewhere I always went when I brush my teeth that's twice a day and I read those verses and that truth over me so believe what God has said about you and if you don't know Jesus you can you can know him and he can change your life and change your circumstance so just give you that that poke as it were as we end today dig into Christ and dig into church and the church family look for ways to bring unity amazing well thank you so much for joining me today thank you for your wisdom for your words of encouragement i'm sure it's blessed many many people thank you thanks for having us thanks for having us thank you Next month, we start our new series on getting the grips with scripture. Andy McCulloch is joining me and we're talking about reading scripture through different cultures and different contexts. And what does that mean as we approach the Bible? What about podcasts as a Christchurch Hailsham original? The music was done by Chris Joyce and you can see the full version of the song on our YouTube in his encouragement singing through the Psalms.